we have successfully recreated the same kind of community that exists in person online, which is just hard to do. Are you tapping into the power of community? Why not? Join us for Let's Talk Community, where George and his guests discuss the communities they belong to and how they've tapped the power. We all have communities we belong to, and we can easily tap into them to grow our business, advance our careers, make changes in our personal lives, and of course, in our relationships. Join us. You might learn something. Hello, everyone. This is George Diaz, and I'm bringing you another episode of Let's Talk Community with George Diaz. So this week, my guest is uh, Finn McKenty. He's the Director of Operations over at URM Academy. Did I get that right, Finn? You did get that right. Yeah, I usually let folks introduce themselves because I just won't do them justice. But um, we've done uh, a lot of work for the URM Academy, and uh, Finn is our contact over there. Uh, We've helped them with their membership site. They do a lot of teaching of music production. But uh, Finn, tell them a little bit about, you know, like, you know, your background and and why community kind of makes a lot of sense to you. Well, first of all, I want to thank you for uh, all the help you've you've given us. We're really kind of uh, things were a mess there before we brought you on board and you cleaned it up. And uh, the work you did for us back then has really been a huge help. So thank you for that. Um, So uh, yeah, URM Academy, we teach people how to uh, record and mix music, primarily like, you know, heavy metal kind of stuff. Um, Most people probably know me from YouTube. I have a couple channels over there. The the one that's the biggest is called the Punk Rock NBA. I've got a total of, uh, I think about 420,000 subscribers or something now between the two of those. Um, And uh, yeah, so so those are kind of the two things that I spend my time on. Very good. So um, when, um, when I kind of reached out to you again, I never know who's going to say, Hey, I got something to say about this. Um, and I've had some interesting surprises. I've really kind of enjoyed some of these, but what is it that struck you when you said, Hey, we're, we're talking about community and, you know, the benefits to people personally in their business. Why is it that that struck you? Well, community has been like the central thing that has enabled me to be successful professionally and personally. I mean, like I, I, it sounds cliche to say it, but there's no way that I would be doing any of the stuff that I'm doing today. I mean, that's how I met my wife, you know, all of like everything in my life has been because of community, um, which is interesting because I never really, you know, growing up, I didn't really ever like, you know, I come from like a divorced family and all that stuff, never really had a strong sense of community. Like that's not a word or concept that I, you know, it's not like some people who grew up in the church or something like that, where that's like always been a core value of theirs. It wasn't something that was on my radar at all until much later in life. But I, I realized that that stuff was always there. So I grew up, you know, into like, you know, punk rock and skateboarding and graffiti and these kind of things that, you know, back then it was just me being a kid, you know, wanting to do, you know, edgy, rebellious stuff. Causing a little um, bit of trouble. And your parents exactly. Hey, skateboard will never get you anywhere. Exactly. And, and, you know, that is, you know, there's some validity to that, but me and a lot of other people I know have turned that community or those communities, you know, jujitsu is another thing that I was got, in, got into later in life. Uh, that's, that's been really important to me. There, there are people you know, like I would have never believed, never dreamed this, but there are people that I went to these like punk rock shows with, you know, back in the nineties that are now people that I work with professionally, um, you know, on YouTube and for URM Academy. I mean, there's people who 
you know, I was at some show with in 1996 that are now very successful musicians that get hit up all the time. And the reason that they will take my call instantly is because they know that I was there 25 years ago, you know, uh, that I'm not somebody that's just calling them for the first time because they have some success now. They're like, oh, well, we were both standing in that basement in 1997. So let's talk, um, you know, and for URM Academy, I think one of the things that's been really critical for us is that we have successfully recreated or, or I guess brought those real life communities that exist around music. And, you know, for us, it's like heavy metal kind of stuff, but it, it exists in, you know, every genre, whether that's jazz or classical, you know, like one of our founders, his dad is like a really successful, like famous symphony conductor. And, you know, the same community exists around any sort of interest. And what we've been able to do is recreate the same kind of community that exists in person online, which is hard to do because, you know, as anyone who has spent any time in online communities of any kind, whether that's Reddit or Twitter or whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, as, as, as everyone knows, there's something about the way people behave online that makes them, uh, you know, a lot of the things that make us decent human beings in person just go out the window and online, it gets real nasty real fast. Well, you know, um, but it's interesting that you bring that up because more and more we're seeing people try to emulate or create communities online because there's a draw, there's a need for that. And I think the pandemic almost emphasized that. Um, Absolutely. I mean, where would we be? Imagine, I mean, as hard as it was for people to be separated from their, you know, church and family members and these other things, where would we be without Zoom and Discord and Slack and all these other tools that enabled us to work and talk to people and stuff. I mean, imagine if this had happened 25 years ago. Oh, it would have been a nightmare. I mean, how, how basically everything really would have come to a halt. Right. And, and nothing would have moved forward. But, um, it, you know, I, I head up a, a church ministry that never in a million years would I have thought, hey, we're going to use Zoom. And now I've got this 91-year-old guy who we can't get off of. It's like, hey, come on in. We're, we're meeting again. And he likes the Zoom better. And it's not because he's scared of COVID. It's just because yeah. it works for him. So I, I mean, mean getting, it, getting up it, off the couch when you're 91 years old is a commitment. Yeah, yeah. It, but it, it's it people's acceptance of online stuff was accelerated in a way that mm-hmm. I don't think anybody anticipated. Yeah, absolutely. So for us, uh, for URM Academy, the main ways that we do that, uh, number one, we have a Facebook group, which has, uh, I want to say around 5,000 people or something in it. So not all of our members, but a good chunk of them, because there are a lot of people that, you know, don't like Facebook or whatever, but still we've got, you know, 5,000 people or something in there. And we put a tremendous amount of effort into curating that we have like a team of admins that we manage, you know, they're not employees, but we gave them a little bit of money and um, and we, we manage them as though they were, you know, I mean, they are team members. So, we, so, you know. so, okay. So that's interesting. So, because we, we tell people all the time that customer support can be drastically reduced. If you find, you know, we call them either mavens or your yeah, champions. Right. And they, they're, you know, they're just givers, you know, they're caretaker types and they play right into what is it that you want? You know, it's a yep. win-win, right? Yeah, and we probably could get them to do it for free, but we don't want to do that yeah, because no, you know, they're, they're giving us their time and we want to compensate them for that, um, which again, I mean, that's part of the community is, you know, you treat people the right way. And so there's a couple of keys there. Number one is 
we've always like from day one, we saw how a lot of the other communities, how toxic and adversarial and just nasty they could get. And so from day one, we said, we're never going to let it be like that. Because I think that sort of culture setting starts from the top, starts from the people who created the group. You got to have a zero tolerance for anybody um, being a jerk, um, being abusive, or, or, or even it, it, there's even more, I mean, that's sort of obvious, but there's even more subtle things like, yeah, like disrespectful. When, and... Yeah, exactly. And like when new people show up and ask a quote unquote, stupid question, you know, do you give them a snarky answer or do you give, or do you patiently give them an answer to that question? And by the way, you had the same question when you were starting out too. So, right. you know, don't act like, I mean, is it a quote unquote stupid question? I mean, I don't, I don't think it's a stupid question. I think it's just part of the learning process. But for example, a lot of times you have like a newbie forum and a, a, you know, a more experienced forum. And if you have a newbie show up accidentally in the experience forum, you could come up and say, bro, that's the wrong place to be. Or you can say, Hey, I think you're going to be better service over there. You know I mean? Exactly. Ways of saying things. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so we've just really clearly set the cultural expectation from the beginning. Uh, Another key is that our founders are very active in that forum. And as much as you do, you know, for any business where the founders are personally a part of it, as much as it's tempting to, to say, well, we'll scale more if I'm not part of this and rah, 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 which I get that's, you know, if you can pull it off, great, but I don't know anybody that can. I think if you're fortunate enough to have founders or other, you know, people who are part of the company that are charismatic and engaged enough that people want to see their face, I think you're dumb if you don't leverage that. Um, like, why would you not use, that's a, such a, such a valuable asset that's so hard to replace. Why would you not leverage that? So our founders are all very active in there. And I think that, you know, people think it's cool, like to, to be able to have direct access to these people who are very respected, you know, producers and stuff. Yeah. And, and I, you, I think and that's important. A, and you have a lot of brands that do the same thing, you know, everything mm-hmm. from Richard Branson to, you know, Elon Musk, they're all, yep. you know, they're not disappearing. They're part of that. Exactly. Um, it, it is a matter of where do you best utilize them and sure. I mean, fostering a community. That's, I mean, that, that in of itself is value to the business. Exactly. I think of it, I mean, you know, you're, you're, you only have so many hours in the day, so you do have to be smart how you spend your time, but that sort of one to many communication, I mean, you could spend, you know, 10 minutes making a post that reaches thousands of people. To me, that's time well spent. Yeah. Um, so that's a couple of kind of tactical things that we do that have been really successful, but the, I just think of it as, as, you know, with any of these communities, how do you feel when you are part of that community in person, whether that is horseback riding or, you know, target shooting or knitting, whatever, it doesn't matter. How do you feel when you're part of that community in person, your job should be to recreate that feeling online. Yeah. And, and that's, it's not an easy thing to do. Uh, now, key is that it is a tight knit topic. You know, it's um, it, you know, it's interesting. You said knitting. I my my mother in law has been into knitting, and oh my goodness, it's like this is religion to these guys. Absolutely. And, and these ladies stay there. Now, what is it that you feel? You feel like you're a part of something. You feel like you belong. Um, and then. Who wants to be, you know, like in your day producing music and it's like, dude, I got a question that I know people have like the answer on the tip of their tongue. Mm-hmm. 
And I don't have access to that because I'm not tied into something. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So that sort of thing. And, and beyond that, I think ultimately like the biggest win for you as a business, which, which I want to be clear, I don't even think about this transactionally. Like I genuinely want to help our members, although it does have a benefit to our business. You know, you help people get through genuinely difficult things in life. They form friendships with each other. You know, if someone gets sick or gets a divorce or loses their job, this kind of like, you know, genuinely difficult stuff that happens to all of us. And if your community is the place that people can turn to for help and support, even if it's not, you know, in your forum, you know, people have, people get to know each other and they message each other and text and however, you know, th these are, these are real things. I mean, for example, for me, um, about uh, 10 years ago, I moved from Ohio to Seattle and I was just in a horrible place with my life in Ohio, just like, you know, hanging on by a thread like really bad, like very, very, very bad. One, like it could have just been one day away from ending up in jail or something horrible. And uh, I was like, I got to get out of here. I got to move. And so I'm from Seattle originally. And uh, I said, I'm going to, I'm going to move back to Seattle. And I just reached out um, on uh, social media. And I was like, I I'm, I'm moving. Does anybody want to drive from Ohio to Seattle with me? I'll pay for your plane ticket if you fly out here and drive back with me and somebody who I really didn't even know, but was like friends of friends was like, yeah, I'll do it. And, uh, really? he drove out with me and, uh, you know, uh, we have, and, and I don't know if I would have made it without him. And this is somebody that we knew that I knew just through like the punk rock scene and stuff. And, and he was friends with friends. Well, and I'm sure after you spend, you know, 2000 miles driving together, I'm sure you got to know each other and then he helped oh, settle absolutely. in Seattle better, right? Absolutely. It was, I, I don't know what I would have done without him. I mean, spending 2000 miles driving by yourself across the country like that in your head, you yeah. know, thinking about all the things that are wrong with your life and how scared I, you are about this huge transition versus 2000 miles with your new best friend. It was fun. I had a great time. And, you know, he hung out for a week or something after I got back to Seattle. And I don't know what I would have done without that. And these are the kind of things that happen as part of being, a, a, you know, when you're part of a community, jujitsu is the same thing. You know, one of my old training partners, um, he was going through some tough stuff and we helped him get through it. And now he has a job helping police officers train, you know, as part of like a new police officers training as part of the defensive tactics program. He's doing great. Um, and, you know, that to me is... Like I said, I don't view that as like, oh, I want to help people because it's going to help our business. I want to help people because I genuinely want to help them. But, you know, you think about if your community is, is the place where people form these kind of relationships that help them get through these difficult parts of life, they're going to love you forever. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it's interesting because, again, I'm, I'm very involved in church and I head up a men's ministry, but there are, you know, I, I call them my... Um, um, you know, people you kind of adopt in a way. And, and yeah, I guess that's more common in church, but there's some people that really go through, you know, like what you're talking about, where they were mm -hmm. down in a guy that, you, you know, was like, you know, inches away from going homeless, totally being alone. And then, you know, as, as someone who knows him, you wonder, is this guy even suicidal or something? Right. And what are the things that, that we can do you know, as part of a community? I mean, I remember one guy that got up one time and says, hey, I'm going through a really bad place 
and I have guns at home and I'm going to have to put them in a, in a safe. And, you know, I, I was, I mean, one of the leaders, I'm going, who here is good with guns? Yeah. One guy raised his hand. And I go, can you get with him afterwards? And I called him the next day, but that's community in action. That's exactly. not just, let's go to church and pray and let's hope everything goes well. It's like, how do I, you know, get, because we're connected in some way in our case, it's because we're men that go to church, but in, you know, whether it's punk, whether it's skate, you know, I'm it doesn't connected matter. to people. The, the knitting people, they do the same stuff for each other. Yeah. I guarantee it. Yeah. It was a matter of fact, my, my mother-in-law, what was it? I, she was telling me that her knitting coach or, you know, the, the, the top lady, she's like way into her late eighties and now she doesn't drive anymore. So then, you know, she's talking about helping her daughter. And I mean, her daughter is probably old as well, you know, so, you know, they, they're kind of chipping in to help out this lady that used to be the leader of the knitting group. And, and by the way, she was shut down through the pandemic. So they figured out ways to, to knit together somehow. Exactly. So, you know, that's, that's what makes me the happiest is when you see people come together, not just to answer questions about how do you do this or that in the software. I mean, that stuff is great too, but when you, when you see that your community is so tight that they actually help each other during those tough times where you really, really, really need somebody. And sometimes just the kindness of a stranger, even if it just takes them 10 minutes, the kind of stranger, kindness of a stranger, you know, could change your life like that. And so that, that's the most gratifying thing to me is when I see that stuff happen. So earlier on, you said, so you met your wife through th this community? Uh-huh. Well, not, not the URM Academy one, but right, just right. like through music. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, to make, yeah. I mean, to make a long story short, friends of friends knew each other, blah, blah, blah. And we met each other and uh, I would have never, it was while I was still living in Ohio um, and she's from Washington. And, you know, I was like, well, I'm moving out to Washington and, well, you know, let's, let's, uh, let's hang out. And then one thing led to another and we've been together for nine years and married for three. Oh, well, yeah. so the, the move to Seattle went well for you. Absolutely. Best, best thing I ever did in my life. And again, but, but I don't know if it would have been such a soft landing. If my friend, John, shout out to John Pryor, if John didn't come out with me, I don't know if it would have gone so well. Who knows? Oh, I bet. I bet. Yeah. And, and by the way, moves like that, people don't realize it, but moving from one place to another is, is like either the third or the fourth most traumatic thing you can go through behind death in a family, a divorce, and there's something else. But moving is very, you know, un it's traumatic. It's tough. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I had no job. Everything I owned fit in six boxes. Oh, boy. You know, I mean, it was it was rough. Yeah. And my, my daughter, uh, just a month and a half ago, moved from Miami to Fort Myers. And, you know, as a parent, you're kind of like going, well, okay, you know, I hope this goes well. She did have a job and she was transferred over there. And um, fortunately, she already had pre-made a community for herself uh, because there were interns, she sells medical equipment. So she knew some of the, um, the resident doctors, I guess, doctors in training, who had settled over there and then there was someone else and you know it, it's funny we're going hey are, are you coming back anytime soon he goes i'm not coming back until march because there's a specific family event that she has to attend and and she's and her transition is smooth because she has that community and and your your buddy john is the one that kind of pre-helped you do that exactly and just the whole the the music scene in general is like that you know i know that i could go anywhere in the country 
And just, you know, I, I know that there's, you know, shows in this genre happening everywhere. I could go to any city in the country, just go find the closest like punk rock or metal show, go to that show. And I would have friends in that city within an hour. Um, and same with jujitsu. You know, I could go show up and open mat anywhere in the world and they would welcome me with open arms and I have to have new friends by the end of that session. Good to hear. That's good to hear. I mean, you're almost talking about like family. I, I happen to be the oldest of 26 grandkids. Holy crap. Yeah, there's a bunch of us. And we, um, I, I'm the oldest. And then a lot of us were, you know, either studying away or whatever. And I had a job where I was traveling every week. It was just part of what I did. And if I was in anybody's town, it was like, hey, you available for, for dinner or something? Because, you know, if you're working, you're going to be people. You've got, a, you've got a pretty big network there. And, and, and the thing is, that, you know, again, the age range is huge. I mean, there's like 20, 30 years between us. And it's like you're talking to someone who's part of your community. And even though you're blood related, it's kind of like, you know, one of my one of my cousins was studying at Yale, reproducing flies or something, you know, some genetic mm -hmm. studies. And I was going, what do you do? And she talked to me about stuff because I just happened to be in, in New Haven. And it was like, wow, that was interesting. And I had another one who was in New York City and she was in the process of thinking she wanted to become a nun, that she was like a prize winning architect. Hmm. And it was like, wow, go figure. And it's like, you know, you, you think you know people and then, you know, unless you really work at it, you can't, you can't know that many people. And it's such a cool opportunity to just, have a window into the lives of these people, even if you don't really know, you know, much about what they do. Sure. It's just, I, there's something I love about that. Just sitting down with literally anybody. I don't care who they are or what they do. I find it so fascinating and interesting and helpful. Just have a window into their lives. Yeah. And my, my wife, I'm kind of like the, she calls me the politician because I'm the guy that sees someone that we haven't seen in a long time. And she's kind of going, Later, she'll go, did you really have to have that long conversation? With and I go, I get jazzed up with that. And my wife is a little more reserved, you know, so different people are different ways. But I, I'm with you, you know, getting this like, wow, that person went through that. I right. would have never known. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, anybody who's listening to this, like you might think that there's no community because you have a boring product that does this or that. Or, well, my company is, you know, whatever lawn maintenance, you might think that there's nothing there, but there is a community. It doesn't have to be, I mean, things where there's an interest is like, it, it's pretty obvious there's a community there, but there's a community around anything and everything. And it's already there. You may just not realize it, you know, but just think about what if something went wrong in your business, who'd be the first people you call and why, you know, the, the community is already there. I guarantee it. Yeah. And even something like as boring as keep, you know, the infusion soft sure. that we, there are keep people everywhere. I mean, and uh, it, it's interesting to come up and we were in Charlotte, we were in, yeah, we were in Charleston and, and I'm going, oh, Jamie lives near here, I think. And mm -hmm. so we had dinner that night, my wife and, and her husband. So, it, you know, it just happens regardless of what you have in common. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I just, I'm such a big believer in community you know, whether it's business or personal or whatever. I mean, we're social creatures. We're not wired, which is why the pandemic is so difficult for so many people. Yeah. You know, we're not wired to be disconnected from each other. Um, so I think this is something that's 
time and money well spent for anybody, whether that's in your personal or professional life. Great. Well, hey, Finn, thank you so much for uh, cutting out of your day and, and joining me with this. And uh, I really appreciate it. You know, everything you shared with us. No problem. Just You've been listening to the Let's Talk Community Podcast with George Diaz. To subscribe to this program or find other marketing resources for your business, visit us at www.celebratingrelationships.com. That's www.celebratingrelationships.com. Thanks for listening.